Welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. And here's the queen herself, registered dietitian Heather Klug. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. I'm Heather Klug, registered dietitian with the Karen Yance Women's Cardiac Awareness Center. With me today is our health communications coordinator, Bethany DeBrew Adams. Welcome, Bethany. Thank you, Heather. Well, we never thought we'd get here, but we are almost at the end of 2020. Can you believe it? It is a little hard to believe considering how long the days and weeks seemed like way back in March when this all started and everything just got flipped upside down. I mean, like think back to our Go Red in February. Doesn't it seem like years ago instead of just months ago? Oh oh my gosh, it does. It's funny. I went back and listened to our Food Trends episode that we did back in February and Mm -hmm. thought, if only we knew then what was coming. (laughs) Right? That's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. The health trends we thought were going to be huge this year versus the ones that actually came to pass in the midst of all of this. Well then, let's dive right in. What were some of the trends that were predicted to be big in 2020? Well, as I was researching this podcast, I caught myself kind of laughing out loud at some of the trends we were supposedly going to be seeing because, Mm -hmm. I mean, granted, most of them applied to like what we'd be wearing and places we'd be traveling to. And of course, that all got thrown out the window. But Several of them also did apply to how our lifestyles would be improved. And surprisingly, there was some stuff that actually did become a trend for the year in spite of everything that happened. And actually, even though it seems like everything this year has been a hot mess as far as health is concerned, we've been able to cultivate some new healthy habits and trends as well. So the good news is that 2020 is not all bad news. Well, that is definitely a hopeful thing. Right? What were some of the things that were predicted to be trends this year? Well, looking at what was predicted would impact our lifestyle way back in December 2019. It was predicted that first, there would be a boom in streaming platforms. There would be a lot of new platforms that, that came out and there would be a ton of new content that would keep us glued to our devices. Yeah. New technology would make some medical appointments more accessible, especially therapy and appointments to help our mental health. And overall, we would be placing a high priority priority on taking care of our mental health in 2020. Uh-huh. This one's kind of funny because people would be looking to shake up their travel experiences. Little did we know we were going to shake up our travel experiences by not going anywhere. But what was predicted people were going to want were digital detox retreats where they would go to like a place that didn't have Wi-Fi, for example. And so none of your devices would work. And they were really looking to that nude vacations. I what? didn't. I know I didn't dig too deeply into this one, but I guess you just go to a place and you're naked the whole time. I don't know. I don't know why that would be relaxing, but okay. People basing their travel um, kind of like an event travel. So they base it around like a sporting event or an animal encounter experience, you know, that kind of a thing. And more people would be looking to be environmentally conscious with their travel, looking to find trips with a smaller carbon footprint. And how much smaller could you get? 
that, then none, you know, missing. In that same vein, it was predicted that people would be getting even more environmentally conscious at home by cutting way back on single-use plastics. Well, that one didn't happen. No. Live streaming workouts would become much more popular because more and more gyms and trainers would be offering interactive workout sessions via video. Plant-based meats would encourage even the most staunch carnivores to eat a more plant-based diet, and more people would be cooking at home thanks to more meal delivery services. And we would be prioritizing our self-care, particularly improving our sleep. So these were the things that a year ago were predicted to be what was going to happen this year. Yeah, I definitely heard some trends in there that actually did come to pass. Mm -hmm. Of course, one of the first things I noticed is that people actually did start cooking more from home. In fact, back in April, the International Food Council conducted their annual food and health survey, and 60% of people said they were cooking at home more. Now, obviously, way back at the start of the pandemic, everything was so scary and so much was shut down that it kind of forced people into the kitchen. Yeah. But the good news here is that 22% of the people interviewed said they were eating healthier than they usually do as a result of the pandemic, and only 14% they were eating less healthy. Okay. I wonder if, you know, the people who weren't eating healthy, considering this was take this study was done way back in April, were eating that way out of stress. If it was kind of a, I don't ever really cook and I don't know what to make. So I have a bag of chips. This is what I'll be having for dinner tonight. Yeah. You know, especially considering like when we do cook at home, we usually are cooking healthier because what we're cooking is healthier and how we're cooking it is healthier than what we'd get at a restaurant. Yeah, that is a good question. I think as we get further into the pandemic, there will be more studies about how food habits have changed Mm -hmm. during it because so many of the studies that have been done were done early, like you mentioned before, Mm -hmm. when there was such an abrupt shift in everything. For example, grocery shopping, something Mm -hmm. we probably never considered much before March, saw huge shifts. Yeah. Influence Central surveyed 630 consumers in May and found that 72% had lessened their frequency of grocery shopping during the pandemic. And that assuming costs were comparable, these consumers overwhelmingly prefer shopping online with home delivery as their first choice and drive-by or curbside pickup coming in second. You know, that doesn't really surprise me. I didn't really change my grocery store habit through all of this, aside from, you know, like having to wait in line to get into the store, which is something they mandated. But when my husband and I tested positive for COVID a few months ago, we started using one of our local chains order online and pick up, you know, pick up at the store service. And now my husband will never go back. Like, he's like, I'm not setting foot in the store again. Like, we both really, we don't like grocery shopping. It's like the one chore we really both dislike. So anyway, we can make it less painful for ourselves is a good thing. But what about what people are actually actually buying at the store? Did the predictive trend of more plant-based eating come to pass? Well, according to the same Influence Central survey, 43% of people are eating more fruit okay. and 42% are eating more vegetables. Yay! Woo, woo. 
I love that one. That's awesome. People are buying staples like flour and sugar in ways that they haven't for years since 49% of people are cooking from scratch. But convenience foods like canned chili and frozen dinners are also popular because there are still people who don't have a lot of time to cook. And you'll like this, Bethany. Salty snacks have been the number one food item that contributed to retail sales growth since early March. I know you're not happy about that, but you know how much I love potato chips. And so I'm, you know, I'm happy that that's what it's not sweet snacks. Hooray for the savory snack people. So what about to go with those chips? You know, I think I guess maybe in Wisconsin here, we assume that if people are living through a crazy stressful time, they're going to be drinking more alcohol. So did it have that been found to be the case as well? Or Interestingly, the Influence Central survey found that only 26% of consumers share that they're drinking more alcohol at home than they were before. To be honest, I would have thought that that was much higher. Yeah. Considering that a lot of places that sold alcohol were allowed to continue selling alcohol even during the shutdown. What I did find after that survey was done, that in this other survey, they found binge drinking among women has increased 41%. Wow. So that's not great. My guess is I'm thinking it's because women especially are under a lot of stress right now, right? Many women are still, you know, working and they're still helping kids with school Mm -hmm. and still doing all the household chores, right? Right. They're kind of doing triple duty right now. You know, and alcohol is often used, at least what they found in these surveys when they asked women why they're drinking more. Many are using it to cope with stress. That's probably a biggie. Some are using it to relieve boredom. And then some of it's to cope with anxiety and depression too. But getting back to what they are drinking. So wine tops the list followed by cocktails and then beer and then hard seltzer. And at the bottom of the list is hard cider. Now, mind you, a lot of this stuff, again, was taken kind of earlier in the pandemic. That one was in May. That other one I saw was like July. It's likely trends have shifted over the past few months. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm I'm a little surprised by both of those studies. You know, like you said, I would have thought the number of people drinking alcohol would go up. I would think it'd be higher than 26%. But as far as like the women binge drinking more, I didn't think it would be that high. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I would assume that it would go up, but I didn't think it would go up by almost half. I Um, think it's all those Zoom cocktail parties. Right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one trend that didn't surprise me is that as far as exercise go, Americans actually did invest in streaming fitness. So in 2019, according to a survey of MindBody app users, 7% of consumers live streamed workout. But during COVID, it was over 80%. Wow. Yeah. That's a huge jump. Yeah, that's a lot. And 43% of these folks said that once they were able to return to their fitness routines at the gym, so once gyms were reopened, they would actually add these streaming classes to their regular exercise regimen. They liked them so much. Yeah, I could see that just because mm-hmm. it's so convenient to be able to do it from home. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we did some of that in our own house and we might continue that. Now, not to be a Debbie Downer, but a Uh-oh. study of 3,000 U.S. adults, people who were meeting the recommended exercise guidelines of 150 minutes per week before the pandemic reported an average of 32% reduction. 
reduction of activity once social distancing measures went into effect. Not so good. And those who were already sedentary stayed that way. This is a bummer because physical (laughs) fitness actually fades surprisingly quickly. It only takes a couple of weeks of inactivity for things like muscle strength to take a hit. In fact, a 2015 study found it took about six weeks to regain muscle strength after only two inactive weeks. Yikes. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I have to say, I mean, that doesn't really surprise me all that much, especially considering, you know, that was taken again at the beginning of the pandemic. Because I think that at the beginning of all of this, most of us fell into like one of two schools of thought. We were working from home. We probably thought, oh my gosh, I have all this time. I don't have to worry about driving to the gym and remembering gym clothes and what, you know, I can take 30 minutes out of my day and do a workout in my own house. It's going to be super easy to schedule that in. And then there's this other half of us who were overwhelmed by everything that was going on and life shifting and everybody being in the house that we just couldn't possibly think of one more thing to do like exercise. Mm -hmm. But I think that as the year has gone on, a lot of us have found ways to get moving again. And that's evidenced by things like demand for free weights is way up. My husband has been trying to find free weights and he can't find them anywhere because there just aren't any available. Really? Yeah. The same for things like Peloton bikes or other stationary bikes or other in-home exercise equipment like rowing machines and that. And the sale of outdoor bikes this year was up by 600%. So I think I remember like back in spring and summer, people were like, you you couldn't find a bicycle anywhere. Yeah, that's true. Be thankful our family already had our own bikes. We did too, yeah. Yeah. So those are all good signs. I know that my family and I did a lot more outdoor exercise activities than we ordinarily do just as a way to get out of the house and have a change of scenery, especially since we couldn't really travel this year. It was good to do that as a way just to stay mentally healthy as well as physically healthy. Yeah, I completely agree with you. My husband and I spent a lot of time, especially this spring, at this great park near our house that has this large wooded area because the dog parks were closed as part of the lockdown. And so we you know, we wanted our dog to get some stimulation and some change of scenery, but it was good for us too. I think just the fact that we were told we would be safer socializing outside led lots of people to spend more time outdoors this year. And that is very good, like you mentioned, for your mental health. Because even though taking better care of our mental health was predicted to be a trend for 2020, I don't think any of us could have known just how much we would need mental health care this year. Oh, that is so true. In addition to the pandemic, we were dealing with a social justice reckoning Mm -hmm. and a bitter, contentious election season. It seems like no matter what we did, we just kept getting knocked down with more and more stress. Yeah. Was there anything positive that came out of all of that? (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) that's a loaded question because there's a lot of, you know, there's a good and bad to all of it. Mostly, you know, even though we have all kind of learned how best we can cope, we're seeing even more sharply where mental health care is lacking. And if people don't have access to it, how that can really affect your life. Back in April, again, 
A study was conducted by researchers from the University of Connecticut that provided a snapshot of the immediate impact of the pandemic on people's mental health. And they found that while fears related to the virus itself were most common, respondents were more acutely concerned about the financial consequences caused by the pandemic, which continue, you know, to be an issue. And naturally, rates of stress and depression and anxiety increase. But as time wore on, a lot of us were able to figure out what worked for us as far as how to take care of our own mental health. Yeah, I would assume one of those ways was through the use of telehealth visits. I mean, I've seen a lot more ads for these online. Yeah, and actually like... Especially for mental health. Yep, Yep. Mm -hmm. like online therapy has become Mm -hmm. a thing. Teladoc Health released information in late October that a wider cross-section of the population is actually addressing mental health through virtual care. Yay. Yay, I know, right? This makes me so happy. And it actually includes groups that tend to not embrace traditional mental health services. So men, Mm. people who use Medicaid, and people who are over 65 years old. Oh, that's really good news. Yeah. And in fact, this is pretty interesting. 62% of consumers would prefer a virtual visit for their regular mental health visits, even when it's safe to fully return to the office setting. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, very much so. Yeah. I've, you know, this is no secret. I've done a lot of therapy over the years. And I have to say, I agree because therapy, you know, it can be a very emotional experience on any given session. And to be able to be in my own home where I feel safe and I feel comfortable. And if I get to that emotional place, I don't have to put on my coat and walk through a lobby full of people and get to my car and drive home when I'm feeling like that. I can just take a minute and feel my feelings and then move on with my day. Yeah, I can see that. Aside from therapy, what have been the trends for self-care that actually happened this year? Was there a run on bubble bath, (laughs) bath bombs? Right? Well, I know I invested in a lot of bubble bath and bath bombs this year, but... COVID has further accelerated the importance of wellness and self-care activities that have been growing in recent years. And I think we're starting to realize that self-care and wellness, it's not just an Instagram phenomenon. It's not just about being thin and looking pretty and doing a yoga pose at a beautiful location. There's more to it than that. Nearly 9 in 10 Americans now practice some form of self-care, with more than a third of consumers increasing their self-care in the past year. So we did talk about bath bombs and stuff. Funnily enough, bath care is one of the few areas that has shown itself to be recession proof. You Uh know, yeah, probably because taking a bath is an inexpensive and easy way to unwind at the end of the day. I mean, you don't need to have any of that fancy stuff. You just need a tub. Yeah. (laughs) You know, in that same vein, more people are learning how to do things like practice mindful meditation or even how to do an at home like facial treatment or, you know, kind of a spa treatment for yourself through apps or social video channels like TikTok and Instagram and YouTube tutorials. Mm -hmm. People are also fitting things like outdoor activities into their personal wellness plans. So I have to say that even though I still do my bath, one of my favorite new wellness activities of 2020 are FaceTime happy hours with my best friend out in Los Angeles. You know, I've mentioned before that even though we were in constant contact with one another through text messages and, you know, know, sending memes and all of that stuff, we both kind of realized at the beginning of this pandemic, we needed a little more of a connection for both of us to feel 
better. And we'll have these two to three hour FaceTime conversations and we laugh and it's just, it makes things so much, it feels like you get a reset, you know, and life is better and you can be a little happier for a little while. What about you, Heather? How about, how have you been taking care of your mental health? Yeah. You mentioned you and your friend just laughing a lot. And for me, that's probably the best thing for my mental health. I have to try to get out of my head and not think about things that are, you know, scary or things that are overwhelming. So for me, I like to, you know, watch something that's really funny or if I'm hanging out with my family and we're playing games and just kind of like joking around and stuff or laughing at my dogs because they do crazy things all the time. You know, it's yeah. for me, I guess that's kind of what works best. So. Yeah. Well, that's good. And now we're at the end of 2020. And so we're looking ahead to 2021. We've got the vaccine. People are starting to get it. So as far as like what we want to become a trend in 2021, like I have to say, I'm obviously hoping that the pandemic has made people really understand how important it is to be proactive in their own health. This is something we talk about a lot because of what we do. We remind people that risk factors are something that, you know, a lot of them are within their own power and control. So, you know, we've been forced to take a lot of responsibility for keeping ourselves and our loved ones healthy this year between wearing masks, social distancing and everything, but also not having the gym and or restaurants or, you know, any of our normal social outlets like that. We have to make sure that we're eating healthy and we're getting our exercise and we're taking that on ourselves. And in addition to this, I hope that we can get back to the one trend of being more environmentally conscious. Yeah. You know, it's something that I've been wanting to do in our household. And we were really working hard to get rid of our single use plastic. And we were really working hard to get rid of, you know, a lot of the other plastic stuff in our house, switch to glass, things like that. And then when the pandemic happened, we didn't know what surfaces things would remain on. And, you know, we we're ordering takeout because we couldn't get into restaurants. And so I think I would like, at least in my house, to go back to that. And it'd be great if everybody else did too, because there's yeah. this entire Tiredly too much plastic pollution all over the world. So what about you, Heather? What would you like to see become a trend in 2021? Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said there, pretty much everything. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I kind of hope 2020 was a good reflection year. Like Mm -hmm. I hope it made people, even though it was a lot of not so great things happening, often it's those dark kind of times that forces us to kind of take a look at stuff at a deeper level and say, hmm, you know, this isn't good. How can I improve it? I'm hoping 2021 is going to be like a big reset year for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, found out maybe some areas of improvement that can be worked on and we think, okay, how am I going to make that happen in 2021? So I'm I'm hoping it's going to be a much more hopeful year. We have the vaccines out now and not that everything's ever going to go back to normal like it was before pre-2020. I don't think that'll ever fully be the case, but I think our lives will get back to a little bit better place. I hope along with that, 
not there's going to be that attention to doing what's healthy for all of us, right? Mm -hmm. Because we kept hearing over and over again with COVID-19 how it affected the heart, you know, and other Mm -hmm. parts of the body. So I'm just hoping we see that and we go, okay, I really need to take, I need to take that seriously now. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, even though it's been a long, surreal year, Bethany, Mm -hmm. we are almost to the end of it. Yay! Yay! We hope that all of you listening will help us make heart health a big trend in 2021. Leave us a comment and let us know what you are hoping the big health trends are in the new year. If you're listening to us on YouTube, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. And as we always say, be the ruler of your own heart. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Queen of Hearts podcast. Our podcast is recorded here at the Karen Yance Women's Cardiac Awareness Center inside Aurora St. Luke's Medical Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For more heart-healthy tips, recipes, and more, visit our website at www.karenyancecenter.org, like us on Facebook at Kent Center, and follow us on Pinterest. If you like what you hear, subscribe and be sure to tell us. Until next time, be ruler of your own heart.